Good morning and welcome to the Weldon Green podcast. Today I'm going to bring you another episode of the Ask Weldon Show, episode 177. Help, I forgot my motivation at the door. Um, the, the main question that I'm titling this show about is uh, the idea of like, we're motivated all the way up until we start the thing. And then all of a sudden we're faced with all of these issues like we suck at it and it's going to take a long time to get better and our motivation dissolves. So, well, I guess you'll hear about the answer in the show. Uh, and we have two also two other great questions to go along with that. One is about depression, and I have to clarify and uh, inform again that I'm not a clinical psychologist. I do not deal with depression. Anytime any I am able to diagnose depression or uh, see or somebody says they have depression, then I refer them immediately to a clinical psychologist. I'm a sports psychology trainer, and so I don't deal with um, things that are not neurotypical or that are clinical in terms of therapy. That is not my training. And uh, and also, it's not my license, so it's completely illegal. And also, I can't claim to be that on the internet, so I never have. And I hope that all of you know that this is a sports psychology performance show. But just in case, I'm putting that out there again. But I'm going to talk about it. I do have this question here. How can I achieve mindfulness while having depression? So we're we're kind of glo glossing around the depression thing. I'm not diagnosing it or I'm informing you how to solve your depression. I'm just going to share my story with depression and uh, not talk about anybody else's because I don't really have the perspective on that to assist too much. So that's my that's my caveat. No other news or updates for you listeners. So let's jump right into the show. Good morning and welcome to the Ask Weldon Show, episode 177. Today, we are answering the cry for help that I got from a viewer who says, I forget about my motivation to improve once I am in the game. What can I do? How can I focus? Um, and a second question, dealing with mindfulness and depression. This one is now I'm warning you again. I am not a clinical psychologist. I cannot and do not deal with depression. But this question came in, and so I will talk about it because it's not about like helping with depression necessarily. And Travis, what skills in League of Legends transfer to Overwatch and which don't? Thank you for that final cap-off question to uh, to finish the show. Updates, nothing. I have no updates. Life is life. It's been happening. I got nice sleep last night. Uh, I was forced, forced to lay down with one of the children and then I just passed out, woke up sometime maybe like four hours later. Whew, what happened? And then, uh, yeah. Um, got some incredible donations yesterday on the stream, $677.18, I think, added all together from a gentleman named Sharky. So we'll see if those clear. And if they do, that will be a big help in developing the Mac program, a bump in the week's revenue in order to help make Mac available as an app for everybody uh, to use it in a little bit easier way in a little bit more parsable way. Currently, we're at the phase where I am redoing all of the content. So this is where I need to like read books, watch my videos, recreate the outline of the show and, and generate like a brand new kind of upgraded version of the course that includes everything that I've learned in the last three years. So that's what I'm doing, grinding that out. And uh, yeah, not much otherwise. Should we jump into the first question? Let's go. This one is from Gabe, I believe. Shoot, I lost my... There we go. Hi, Weldon. 
Uh, first, I just want to say I really liked your jacket in that C9 uh, TSM game. This is, uh, it's really low-key, but I, I saw it. Uh, my question, though, is uh, how can I achieve mindfulness while having depression? Uh, for me, it's a constant battle to just gain control of my actions or emotions in situations where my depression is at its worst. I'm not sure if you've ever, ever worked with a player or had one that was suffering from depression. And I know in your past videos, uh, you've kind of gone over it with uh, depression and motivation and uh, something else. Um, but I'm just wondering if it's something that, is it a constant, uh, do I have to constantly work at it? Or is, is there like something that you helped that player or players work on? Uh, thanks. Okay. Thank you very much for that question. Um, really nice. I was going to say really nice sounding voice. It's really great. Uh, loud, clear, full minute of conversation. Um, well put the idea so I could kind of understand it. I, I could do with a little bit more of your barriers, uh, like more specifics and context of like exactly why mindfulness is difficult for you. So I will try to invent barriers that might be occurring and we can talk about them. Usually when you have an action or something that, that is difficult, there are barriers in place and people overcome those barriers based on their motivational level. So if people have low motivation, it's tough to overcome the barriers. If people have high motivation, it's easy to overcome barriers between action and uh, and current present state, like stasis, not doing anything. This is really common in physical activity, for example, where we see that it's much easier instead of improving mo people's motivation to do physical activity, it's much easier to actually just remove barriers to physical activity. So uh, instead of trying to motivate new mothers uh, after a year to start like exercising, it's much easier to just provide childcare. Uh, and, and it results in higher levels of physical activity for women who are undergoing the transition from, from zero children to one children. So that's just like a short example of, of how that concept works. Difference between Anyway, I can't really talk about, <laughs> first of all, I've never worked with a player who has depression because if somebody if somebody says they have depression or if I can diagnose depression in what they're talking about, I will immediately hand them off to a psychologist, of which I am not. So, so therefore, I wouldn't necessarily be working with them. Uh, and the number one way to improve their performance wouldn't necessarily be sports psychology. It would probably be clinical psychology because that would help them get better faster. Now, uh, that doesn't mean that I haven't accidentally worked with people who've had depression. Um, so that, cause that's just the case, right? And, and that also doesn't mean I can't just, uh, I will probably, but of course I can't talk about that, of course, but I can use my own experience. Um, I can talk about when I had depression, uh, I'm not sure if it was depression or seasonal effectiveness disorder, but the more and more that I've learned about depression since then, the more and more I realized that that was probably what was happening. And and it turns out that during one of these moments, I was, in fact, trying to learn mindfulness. This was back in 2012, I think, between 2012-2013. And so um, I, I think it's a very applicable experience to your, to your story or your question. So, Gabe. Let me paint the picture. This The time was 2012 fall, winter, and I was um, I had recently had a child, and I had recently graduated, and I recently didn't have a job, and I'd recently gotten a new job, and then I worked the entire winter through, 
and um, and I I survived. I think pretty barely. I mean, I'm here now, so I survived. But it was quite a desperate thing that winter, and um, I think I I can't remember now. It's all pretty mystifying to me. I'd have to go back in the timeline, but it might have been 2013, actually, winter. Uh, although I'm pretty sure it was 2012. Um, only. And and the, this, the situation was I was working in a career that I thought I'd left. So I had thought that I was done with English teaching, but then I had to start English teaching again in order to kind of support the kid. And I couldn't put together a, a job in my field exercise psychology or sports psychology and I couldn't put together an internship and I and even if I did there wouldn't be a way to support the family necessarily to do that um, and of course we had a child and things were uh, quite difficult in terms of the transition from zero to one kids and uh, yeah it was like I didn't really know where to go and so at that point I started a number of things happen. I started experimenting with the five-minute journal, which was gratefulness conditioning. So listing through things I'm grateful for every morning. I started experimenting with mindfulness, where in I basically just kind of like figure. I found Headspace. I don't know if it was Headspace at that time. I might have found a different online app. Um, I found the the Mac program, which at the which is not the Mac program that you guys are familiar with, but was like a, the book that I based it off of. Uh, and I found a number of podcasts that talked about mindfulness and I started doing mindfulness and I had, I understand what you're saying about difficulty to focus on mindfulness because when I would go into work, uh, I couldn't stand to be with myself. So I was very, very, very opposed to things like walking into work where I would have to spend 30 minutes with myself essentially in my own head. So I needed distraction. I needed the ability to like listen to music or listen to a podcast or keep myself from from thinking about my life and me um, and keeping my brain from like running basically on autopilot. So, but what happened after maybe eight months of doing mindfulness and doing gratefulness conditioning was I was able to be with myself again and take great joy in it. So my experience with mindfulness through depression was actually the that it was, I don't think that I had that much trouble focusing on it or not. Like when I was doing mindfulness at first, I would fall asleep every single time. And I felt guilty about that until somebody said, don't worry about it. Then I didn't worry about it anymore. And then eventually I got to the point where, um, you know, I didn't fall asleep every time. And then I was sitting up and then I would, then I stopped laying down and I would be sitting up and then I just got better and better at it. Like just working out at the gym or something. And so the thing that I recommend is to see mindfulness not as a thing that you can actually do wrong, but to think of it as when you go to the gym and you start curling bicep curls, okay? So if you go to the gym and you pick up 100 kilogram weights and you start bicep curling, you're just going to feel like a failure and you're going to feel weak and you're not going to be able to do it. But if you go to the gym and you just pick up like four kilogram weights and you just start bicep curling, it just kind of stare off into space and curl a bunch till you're sore. Then you go the next day and you pick up the five ones and you just do it and then you leave and you pick up the six ones the next day and you just kind of like, just do it. You know, don't even think about it. Just have a linear progression when you can't do it, you know, back down a few weights, go back up. Before you know it, after six months, a year, you'll be curling really, really big weights. 
Now, I don't recommend working out this way. Obviously, there's a lot of problems with muscle imbalance here that I'm in my analogy, but but the 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 fundamental of it stands, which is that you shouldn't think about the fact that depression is maybe causing you to do mindfulness correctly or incorrectly. Uh, you should just do it because it's pretty hard to do it wrong. And if you have guidance, if you have a, a um, one of those one of those recordings that's telling you what to do, right? Then it's hard to do it wrong because uh, you can have somebody who's basically like scripting you. A script, that's what they are. Guided meditation script. And uh, and then you'll just get better at it and it will start changing you. It It's a physical change. Mindfulness isn't a psychological skill, although it is, but it's also a physical thing that happens in your brain. So whether or not you like it as you're doing it, you're going to be changing the physical structures of your brain. Uh, and then they just get stronger and more resilient. And so that's that's what I recommend, is to not worry about the thing that you are worrying about uh, and just do. All right, let's go to the next question, guys. Hockey Gnome, coming at us. Hey, Weldon, it's Hockey Gnome. I've been having some difficulties being motivated lately. Often I'm able to get myself pumped up during the day for playing league and improving, but once I get into game, I lose this motivation. In result, it's easier for me to fall into focusing less on improving and caring about the game and instead dwelling more on my mistakes. Any tips for keeping this motivation in-game? All right, so what you need is some sports-specific mindfulness. Basically, uh, the way that I conquered this myself was I tried to find spaces within the game to reset my mentality. And I started with... You, you want to start with things that happen every game and that are very regular and give you space to think. Okay? And I started with walking back from base, since it's League of Legends. This happens in many different games where you die and you respawn. Not CSGO so much, but you have that nice tank time when you die in CSGO to think about your life. So where you're sitting in the in the can waiting for the team to finish winning or losing. So same in League of Legends, anytime I would recall, I would try to set I would try to get make this a trigger for my mind where as I was walking from base, I wouldn't be I, I wouldn't be thinking about the game. I would be observing the game of course because you need to know where to go, but I would be trying to reset. So every single time I came back from base, I would reset my posture. Get seated up, seated up. I would do some centering breaths, like three or five of them, where I would breathe all the way down till I could feel the pressure where I'm sitting, right on the bottom side of my butt. I would breathe all the way down so that I could feel the pressure building there. So I know that I'm doing the balloon thing, you know, where you're breathing with your stomach and your back and your and your kind of abdomen area and not your chest. Uh, so you're stimulating all the the nerves and and everything related to the to deep breathing. And then I would I had a mantra to uh, one about compassion. So just like making sure that I'm having an impact on other people that maybe they aren't going to help me win my game, but maybe they will help somebody win the next game because of the experience that they had in this one. So essentially trying to make sure that everybody has a good experience in the game, that there's no bullies because I hate online bullying. And so that was kind of like my number one thing is that uh, if somebody was getting bullied in the game, if I was getting bullied, I would try to take it, just deal with it. And I would just mute the guy, actually, to be honest. Uh, and if somebody else was to try to reach out to them or like try to shut the guy up or try to confront him or but like in a nice way, right? Um, so that was like I would I would I had a mantra related to that compassion and I had a mantra related to um, long-term plans, long-term plans. You got to think long-term here. Uh, and mine was "Be so good they can't ignore you" by Steve Martin, where I would just 
I would say, I would, I had this phrase, right? This is what a mantra is. You have a phrase that has a bunch of meaning programmed in. So you got to find a phrase or a meaning or, or, or a quote that embeds your long-term plan. You're kind of like long-term motivation. And then when you say that, you can remember this whole thing that you're planning on doing with your life and, and, and how what you're doing in this moment applies cosmically. I didn't want to use that word because it's audacious, right? But cosmically. And by that, I mean like on a large grand scale. So what you should do is, is search sport quotes, amazing sport quotes, and just go through them all until you find ones that resonate with you and your plan for the game and how you want it to interact with your life in the long run. Maybe search sports about quotes, quotes about sport or something like that. Or why is youth sport developmental or I don't know, whatever your, whatever your mission is and try to find a way to kind of reset and then just have those small centering moments. You need sport mindfulness. You need to find a space within the game to reset your mentality over and over and over again, the same way you would do it during meditation, where you kind of recenter yourself on your values, recenter yourself on your breath, recenter yourself. You need to do that in the game um, because what you're describing is going to happen all the time where you get sucked into essentially, you know, the world. And then you need to step back out of the world or sensory impulses and and everything that, that the game wants to make you feel. And you need to start uh, imposing your reality and your will upon what is happening there. That is my recommendation. Use the recall moment to recenter. Make sure you get the posture thing, okay? Face forward fight. Get posture fixed every single time you reset. Take some deep breaths. These are the more important parts of this. And then the mantra is the third important part. But those two things, like don't skip those just because I mentioned them at the beginning and they don't seem that important. They are quite valuable. Okay, last question. Before I jump into the last question, I would like to talk about the sponsor for the show, which is me, the Mac program, mindgames.gg slash Mac. This is my training program. It's an online video training course. You purchase it, then you get a login, and then you log in, and there's the 50 videos. Sorry, 47 videos. And you complete one, you go to the next one. You're supposed to do one a day. You can do three to five a week is recommended. Seven is perfect. Three is the minimum. And uh, it's a session. So you get a lecture, kind of like a mini TED Talk in a way, except there's just slides. It's not me standing on stage. So like a mini TED Talk and then a mindfulness training session. And that's what it is. And it's designed essentially to build mental resilience and to build peak performance and to allow you to take whatever you are aspiring in. So whether that is swimming, whether that is uh, trying to be a a better gamer, whether that is trying to be a better student, and to use your motivation for that thing to improve everything else in life that you are obligated to do. So we have all these obligations on us. Most people shirk them. Some people do them grudgingly, but there's a way to do them passionately that folds into your main like your main motivation. And this is a skill of discipline that will that basically allows people to accomplish great things in their life. Because every single thing you're doing ever, you will go through f- phases of, of unmotivation and they all contain components of things that you must do, that you're obligated to do, but aren't necessarily motivating. And our ability to take our core passion and use that passion to then inspire us to all in on some other task with the correct mindset 
is the secret to high performance, to peak performance, to conquering life, uh, I believe, in terms of achievement. So that is what the Mac program is all about. Check it out at mindgames.gg slash MAC. Use the code AskWeldon. It is 100% satisfaction guaranteed risk-free. So at any point, if you are not interested in it anymore, or you're like, this isn't for me, or it doesn't suit you, or you never started it, uh, just simply email and say, please refund me, and you get your money back. All the money I'm making on it right now is basically revenue that's going directly towards the development of the fourth version of the Mac program. So right now, we're on the third version. It's all video-based, and that's the same as the first and second version. And the th- But the fourth version is going to be an app. So that's what I'm making right now, and apps are expensive. Ooh, development is expensive. But I'm paying for it all with my own money and the money that we make through through the Mac, which I guess is your money, but thank you for making it my money, and then we can pay this programmer. All right, on to the last question. Hi, Bolden. What skills in League of Legends transfer to Overwatch and vice versa, and what would you say don't transfer at all? I'll replay that since it's so short and so quiet. Hi, Bolden. What skills in League of Legends transfer to Overwatch and vice versa, and what would you say don't transfer at all? All right. Sorry, I forgot to turn it up for that last one. Hopefully it was more understandable the second time through. All right, transferable skills. So I'm big on transferable skills, and and the ones that I focus on are social and emotional skills. So these all transfer directly, uh, if you transfer them. Something very interesting about transferable skills in sport that... I believe I've read this research and I'm, I'm looking for it and I will, I will cite it for you when I find it again. This was back in 2011 that I was, I was told about it and that, I've, that I consumed it. So I got to kind of remember the author. I think it was Gould. I think it was Daniel Gould of the University of Michigan, a prominent sports psychology researcher who looks at sport development, the development of youth through sport and leadership. And he said that basically... Uh, Skills are not that transferable automatically, that they don't just happen. What they found is that the skills that you develop in sport or in League of Legends or in Overwatch that are social and emotional skills or coping skills or skills that you use to motivate yourself to overcome certain barriers like mental resilience and grit do not transfer unless they're transferred. So by that, he means that Kids who had amazing leadership, amazing coaches, and amazing captains on their teams who were specifically trying to transfer skills into everyday life succeeded in letting kids take their lessons they learned on the court into off-the-court scenarios. Whereas kids who did not have this leadership and did not have these captains and the people who intended to purposely try to transfer these skills off the court, it did not happen. They had mental resilience on the court but it didn't transfer into other areas of their life. And you can understand this very clearly by looking at some sort of really muscular guy on the beach, you know, with a, with a kid. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not bashing meatheads here. I'm just trying to use an example from fitness because it's really applicable. So this guy's really ripped. And there's two things that are true about that statement. One, he has put in a lot of really gritty, resilient work in the gym to get the body. And two, he's very, very careful about his nutrition and very controlling about that. You know, something that a lot of people struggle with. Many people, most people struggle with nutrition, but here's a guy who's mastered his impulses to that extent that he can be uh, shredded. And then you see him like yelling at his kid and or like 
um, you know, hitting, hitting his girlfriend or arguing with his girlfriend or hitting his kid or whatever it is, like he loses control. And so here's an example of somebody who has incredible mental resilience and willpower over two facets of his life and absolute lack of emotional control in another one. And this is a, an example of how tough it is to, to take these social and emotional skills and transfer them over out of their bucket because that we develop them very specific to a task. So your job, when you transfer from League to Overwatch, vice versa. Now, I can talk about physical skills in a second, but I'm focusing on the social and emotional skills and transferable skills now because this is what my whole brand is about. I want you to specifically transfer them. I want you to think about what are the skill sets that you learned in League in terms of patience, tolerance, mental resilience, grit, um, focus, motivation that you think apply in Overwatch and what are the actions and behaviors that you can do very easily in League that you want to do again in Overwatch? Think about way back when you were climbing in League. Maybe, you're, maybe you hit a peak and you're happy with it. But think about when you first started the game, first learned the game, when you were climbing the ladder. And think about like the kind of hoops you had to go through mentally to justify you know each step and each fall and each climb and how you motivated yourself. And try to take those climbing skills the mental ones that you, the self-talk you told yourself and apply them directly. Make sure they transfer. And then also work on transferring them out of the game as well, please, just as a side note. Okay, physical skills that might transfer. Mm. Well, certainly we have composition, right? We have composition in League that you draft by and you have composition in Overwatch that you draft by. So thinking about the game from, from a meta perspective compositionally, it's a very, very, very different game. Momentum is very different. Um, how you attain and lose momentum is very different. I think the value of life is very key. I think in both League and Overwatch, dying is is very, very punishable. Or rather, it's like this hidden statistic where you die a lot in League and people don't realize that you're losing this tempo. You're losing positioning and tempo because of the death. And what is the thing that you lost is like invisible. And so people don't value it enough until they get to a higher level and realize this, the hidden power of this invisible presence um, and, 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 the, and what death signifies in terms of tempo loss and objective loss, things like that. And I think the same might be true in Overwatch where certainly there are times when you have to die and same in League of Legends where you have to die and you must sacrifice and you must go all in and you have to commit. But I think that when you're low ranked, you just kind of, don't appreciate the power of your death and the time that lost in terms of tempo and presence there and maybe you know chip damage and and chip uh chip gains on uh different objectives and then i think that as you rank up you start to realize the the sheer power of that of that like missing time of you on the map doing things actively and the loss of that tempo. So I think that's probably one thing that transfers really well uh, is that compound. And that's true in a lot of games, actually, in a lot of like spawn games. So like Halo, for example, is another one that's just like that. CSGO is very different, right? Because you die and it's permadeath. So you don't get back until the next round. What skills transfer from League to Overwatch? Comp and... Yeah, uh, we'll stick with that for now. Thanks for the question. If I think of more, I'll tweet them out. Follow me on Twitter, Mind Games Weldon. Also, happens to be my Snapchat 
and my Instagram, just FYI. Instagram stories for days, guys. Mostly gym fitness stuff. All right, that's the show for you today. I hope that you enjoyed it. And uh, people have been complaining about these being too long. So there you go. We'll just end now. That's the show for you today. Thanks for tuning in. As always, the show is sponsored by the Mac program. You heard about that in the show already. So, so I won't regale you with its efficacy again. But I would like you guys to use the code PODCAST instead of the code I offered in the show. That's so that I know you're coming from here. And also, I gave you an extra dollar discount to incentivize you to use the correct code. Just I'm trying to track where people hear about the program and uh, where where their interest comes from. So if you have any questions, make sure to check it out, mygames.gg mac. It's not a very good landing page. So if you have any questions, uh, hit me up at weldon at mindgames.gg or on Twitter at mindgamesweldon, and I'd be happy to try to answer your questions about the program. Uh, thanks for tuning into the show. I'll talk to you tomorrow.